Welcome to the Strip Down Know Nothing Podcast, focusing on the bare naked ladies. That's right, whether they make you want to cheer or pout, from wrap your arms around me to blacken out, we're It's All Been Done, the podcast. I'm coming in hot. I hope you can catch me. It's my co-host Evan. I never took my eyes off him, but I got dizzy and he threw me. A big old Slim Jim. It's my co-host Saker. <laughs> you just wanted a tighter rhyme in that line. Something well, wrong no, with I had him? to. I changed you to him, so I needed something. Oh. I needed to change two to Slim Jim. Obviously, <laughs> <laughs> sure, it's sure. I mean, it's poetry 101, like basic. You open up any poetry book, and they're like him, Slim Jim. Uh huh. I'm not helping. <laughs> this is all though. you. Her burger. Oh, okay. That's what it should be. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and he, Reese. It yeah. all has to do with food. It goes back around to the Slim Jims, the Reese's. Coldplay. <laughs> My favorite food. Them, Coldplay. The uh, <laughs> tribute band. The Coldplay tribute band. That's right. Uh, boy. Is it an okay joke to say my pronouns are Coldplay, Coldplay? <laughs> no, that's not an okay joke. I don't joke. know. Okay. I mean, I guess if it's if you're using it as a joke, probably not. Yeah, okay. Maybe I'll cut there will that. Be a, there will be a time, I think, hopefully during our lifetimes, when that can be a joke because nobody's punching anymore. Sure. Like it's just it's just become a non-issue. It's true. I, I don't want to be punching down, but I think I automatically am because I am a cis person who has pronouns <laughs> that match my appearance. So I, I, I officially negate my Coldplay, Coldplay joke. I take it back. It was not funny. And uh, I'm not going to cut it because I deserve uh, I deserve this moment where I yeah. learned what's true and what's right. The moment Saker gets canceled. The gang gets canceled. Gang. <laughs> um, yeah. Do you are you a big Slim Jim fan? When's the last time you had a Slim Jim? You know, I'm going to honestly say I cannot remember a time I've had a Slim Jim. Oh, re- I probably wow. have had one or something like a Slim Jim approximation, like yeah. a like a meat dried old meat stick. Wait, beef I mean, jerky. I like, I like jerky, but like <laughs> okay. I've never, I've never looked at a Slim Jim at any point in my life and gone, gotta have that. <laughs> like, I, I ate uh, in the past year. I've eaten twelve. Uh, one a month. <laughs> one a month. I, on the first of the month, I snap into a Slim Jim just to break the month open. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, our friend, um, boy, I feel like we talk about him too much on this podcast. But uh, the crypto naturalist uh, last February brought um a big pack of slim jims over for the royal rumble party that i always throw mm-hmm. and nobody ate them and he left them here and then when quarantine started i would come home or i'd wake up and i'd be like what's in the pantry <laughs> i'd see that big pack of 12 slim jims and i'd think well no reason not to once a month once a month no i probably ate 12 in a month and then haven't eaten any since but i will tell you it's been since february i think that like when i think of meat that i want to eat like snapping is not a quality that i ascribe really? to like to like edible to like edible meat i'm like hmm, you don't think can't wait to snap open a steak but i snap nice into juicy a hot dog snap you, on a burger oh yeah you want that yeah. skin crunch, yeah yeah you're like, right you're right like a sausage or a hot dog okay yeah you've, you've proven me wrong and like a good fried chicken you want that snap the snap of the bones <laughs> crunching in your mouth splintering in your teeth those are the only two meats both questionable mystery meats slim jims and hot dogs you want to snap when you bite them uh, but you're right, boy. Nothing else snaps, huh? Because uh, how would you describe the mouthfeel of biting into a burger? Squish. Yeah, like, well, there's a crunch. If you if it's a well if it's a Wells <laughs> topped burger, right? Well, you're gonna sure, get a little, little crunchy from the lettuce. You're gonna the get onion. a little squishy from the burger and the bun. Sure. Sure. Okay. All right. But but 
a burger alone, like if I top my Slim Jim, it would have even more of a crunch. Do you top your Slim Jims? Are you the kind of guy who likes to laugh at a funeral? <laughs> I'm the guy who said he has not eaten a Slim Jim in living memory. <laughs> so I don't know whether or not I would like to top my Slim Jims. I could just see, I could see like, they make those like packs, right? Like the topping packs where you like get a, yeah. you get like four Slim Jims and then you get like a little sack of queso. I don't know what the fuck comes in those, but they're probably <laughs> gross. Fuck? Oh, you're talking about like Lunchables? Like yeah, cheese like and Lunchables. Slim Jims? Yeah, okay. Oh, yeah. I don't think those are specifically. Those are just like meat sticks. But yeah, I feel you. Um, boy, this is... We're so deep into quarantine that I'm now fantasizing like, boy, when we get out, I'm going to make a Slim Jim burger with Evan and put like lettuce and mayonnaise on it. And... Well, you, you can do that. Remember when I made you a burger shot? You asked no. me. No. Were, <laughs> we were asking for shots. Was I already drunk at this point? I think you had had a you'd had a few, and I'm like, okay. I'll make you any shot you want. And you're like, I want a hamburger shot. Uh huh. And so it was vodka. Are you beef. confusing this? I I did ask for a chicken shot, and no, you no, made me that. No, no, this was definitely a oh. hamburger shot because it was vo- vodka, beef broth, a little <laughs> bit of ketchup, a little bit of mustard, and then celery salt for that like uh, that taste. <laughs> and you said remember. it was exactly like a hamburger, and you hated it. <laughs> You've given me what I wanted. The monkey's paw has curled a finger down. Uh, yeah, that sounds like a fucking nightmare. That sounds horrible. It was not. I didn't like it. I mean, it, you, you don't really often get a savory shot. Like, I guess other than like a, um, a Bloody, Bloody, Mar- Ma- Bloody yeah. Mary. Like, I That's can't really, really think of many other savory drinks, though. Yeah, what's a good savory drink? That's really it, huh? Evan's um, Beef Burger Surprise. People like Clamato. People like V8. People like... Yeah, I, uh, yeah. my... My partner has relatives in Kansas, and apparently they mix tomato juice with beer. Oh. I mean, it's an acquired taste. I'm not going to knock any. I'm not going to yuck anyone's young. They can drink whatever the fuck they want. There's got to be a name for that, right? Probably Do like you... uh, probably something borderline racist. <laughs> okay. All right. It's called the Michelada. I feel like I've heard of that before. Oh. Yeah. What is it called? That's, a, that's a very it's a very classy sounding name for a drink that is tomato sauce and like <laughs> like basically ketchup and like light Bud Light. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, also called uh, a bloody beer, aka a red eye, a red rooster. Um, but yeah, a Michelada is sometimes a little bit spicy, so maybe there's a little bit of it's kind of like a, a Bloody Mary with beer in it. I used to drink with an old man who would who was a human piece of garbage. Okay. Um, he later got into a car accident and killed a young girl and went to jail for it because he was Holy driving drunk. But shit. he would salt his beer. Okay. <laughs> he would just sit there. Like, I've seen people salt the table so that the beer doesn't stick to it. But he'd, like, take it and put, like, a solid teaspoon of salt into his beer. If you were trying to make me think that this person is strange and I shouldn't like him, you really front-loaded this story with he killed a young girl. That's a nightmare. But can you believe the worst part? He salted his beer. <laughs> right. Jesus Christ, was this in in Youngstown or in Columbus? Where do you think it was? Okay, it was in Youngstown for for absolutely sure. Oh boy. Did you drink when you were in Youngstown? You were under 21. No, I wasn't when I came back from college. Oh, I sure, was over sure, 21. sure. Okay, that makes sense. So I go out drinking with my brother and his his crew and then they were friends with an old man because of the Freemasons <laughs> because they were Freemasons at the time. Wait, your brother was a Freemason? Mm-hmm. What? Is he still? No, no. Oh, can you get out of the Freemasons? Couldn't couldn't tell you. I'm not a member of the Freemasons. And I didn't really care Wait, about it. How did he get? It's a okay. I don't know anything about the Freemasons, but isn't it a secret society? <laughs> kind of. <laughs> it's like it was a secret society back when. I mean, it was for a long time, but like 
back when they needed members like okay <laughs> like it became very much less secret so they were in Malay, which feeds into the it's like a children's freemasons oh that's um, cute oh i like that <laughs> how sweet all right they had like uh it was where the children played while the freemason meetings were going on and it was just sort of indoctrinating them like sunday school i don't know what went on uh, okay we could, have, we could have a my brother on the podcast and he could talk about his time in the freemasons got it <laughs> real good fun. bnl adjacent uh <laughs> If any of the members of BNL were Freemasons, who do you think it would be? Definitely not Steve, because they were Freemasons are, well, historically Freemasons are pretty, uh, looked down on the Jews. Oh, wow. Really? Well, then I mean, they're like, like most secret societies, they're up for a white Christian. That checks out. I thought it would, I I don't know anything about them. Uh, I guess, so all we're going on is hates the Jews. That's the, the most of our, most of our nation's founders were Freemasons. Okay. All right. So surveyors. then it's got to be Ed Robertson, the leader of the pack. He hates Steve, obviously. Um, I think he's secretive. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. What do you, do you think that that yeah, that yeah I think out? that I think that I think that checks out. I mean, okay. I could see all the BNL boys as members of like some like fraternal lodge of. So you know, what like... what secret organization is each of the members a part of? So Ed is a Freemason, right? Uh, Kev is part of the 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 cult of whispers uh i think oh, okay so we're just making these up we're not actually looking for actual secret <laughs> no, awareness i mean like, we could tyler's part of the bilderberger group and uh <laughs> is, is... list of secret and organizations Jim, of course is a uh, part of the reptilians shadow cabal that rules the entire earth that sounds that sounds legit oh somebody's got to be skull and bone right who's a skull and bone that would be jim because he's the smartest of the bnl boys i think andy is skull and bones oh sure 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 um he got out yeah <laughs> he, do you think, do you think got... andy quit because he got like a a very uh, um, obliquely worded threat from his organization like hey bare naked ladies is making us all look bad you're a skull and bones man you got to get out of there and get back into the ivy leagues that's the same continue reason... teaching at uh canadian polytechnical college of music or whatever it's the same reason steve got out is he got a message from l ron hubbard posthumously said steve we're both scientologists i know that i've been dead for a long time but i knew this would come to pass you need to quit the boys he actually did do that. He left letters, like posthumous letters and instructions and things that they have did to open really? at certain times. And apparently there was one like Project Gold Hat or something like that that they opened maybe in the early 10s. But the thing is, like L. Ron Hubbard's like ma- manic scribblings are so far from where the Church of Scientology <laughs> is nowadays that it's fun to watch them try and reconcile like God. whatever. He's like, well... Not by now. We're on the moon. And, you know, like psychology it's... has ceased to exist as a science, so you can now begin to begin phase four of Plan Gold Hat. <laughs> it is so funny to actually research L. Ron Hubbard because, like, he was fucking deathly afraid of snakes. He was obsessed with self hypnosis. Like, the dude was wild. I mean, obviously yeah. he was, but man, there's so much, so much random, bizarre shit in his lifetime. Um, very silly. Speaking of silliness. We've got a song to discuss this week, Evan, so let's get to discussing. The song this week is called Boomerang, and if you've never heard it before, listeners, here's a quick sample. Moving at the speed of sound, you think I'd be slowing down, but I'm not losing my momentum. There are ways to turn around, so I don't crash into the ground. I wish someone would invent them. Boomerango, starring Johnny Depp. Oh, uh, this would be the, Unchained. the second time in a, in a row we've discussed Johnny. Oh, no. 
See, listeners, canonically, Limits came after Grim Grinning Ghost, but we recorded Grim Grinning Ghost after Limits. So we're just on a Depp kick now. I think we talked about Depp last time. Uh, and now we're talking about him again. We're just Depp, Depp heads. Well, I'm more talking about Rango, that one movie where he played yeah, a chameleon or some shit. Yeah, it just keeps yeah, popping yeah. up on my like Netflix queue or whatever queue that it's on right now because okay. I watch kid movies now with my son. Sure, sure. And I'm like, I'm not interested in Rango at all, bud. I saw Rango in a drive-in, and mm. I checked out for most of it. Don't remember what happened, but uh, I can assume it was really fun. It looked like <laughs> a fun movie. <laughs> uh, Boomerango. So, um, Ev, I think we both had a lot of big thoughts and big feelings about mm-hmm. this song, which uh, I'll start off. I think it's hard. it's hard for me to even admit that I have big feelings about this song because this song is nothing. This song is is truly just like catered to the lowest common denominator pop bullshit garbage. Um, I'm mm. coming in hot with my yeah, read wow. on Boomerang. I think it's fine. And when I say pop bullshit garbage, I don't mean that it's a bad song. I mean that it's it's a fine song. There's nothing to say about this song. It's so uninteresting, right? Like th- this song is a straight... When I say this song needs to be taken out back and shot in the <laughs> face, I mean as a mercy kill because it's, it's been suffering from cancer for a long time. It's true. Just like the band at this point. I was so excited last week when we did Limits and I said the band is back, baby. Mm-hmm. And then we segue to the first single and it's Boomerang. Um, uh, I think that BNL has, at least the last, since Steve left, has been really like stutter stepping on singles, quote unquote singles. Like right. Limits was great. This Not single, a single is, I think that like I know, but like when when the like from last album, like every subway car, meh, like, liked it. It was a serviceable single, but yeah. it's not going to be anything more than that. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, so I'm looking for I'm looking for them to play a little bit more on the songs where there's less pressure. A play a little more on the songs where there's less pressure. Play around a little bit more oh, and experiment I... and have more fun with it. Like I feel like when I feel like whatever producer they had, they're like, okay, guys, we gotta we gotta do a hit single now. What do you got? What's good now? What's good? Um, Miley Cyrus. Okay, what's what else is good? Um, techno. Uh, dubstep. Um, sure. Let's see. Sure. Let's see. What, let's put this all. Let's put it all in. and We'll see what happens. Okay, good. We got a single now. Now we can sit back and kick back and enjoy ourselves for the rest of the album, living it up, filling a cup with Boy, delicious music. I truly, truly hope that that's true because I feel like there's so so much wrong with with just this song sent me into an existential ter- tailspin about <laughs> bare naked ladies. Like so so my 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 biggest none of the songs on this on this. Granted, small, very, very small sample size of this album so far have been objectionable. They're just not super interesting or super deep. But then I thought, what does a song have to be? It just has to be enjoyable, right? It doesn't owe you anything. It doesn't owe me anything. What do I have? To, <laughs> what do I expect out of music? Do I expect music to be in the forefront and make me think and make me feel, or can it just be a thing that I have and and like is playing? And I'm like, oh, this is nice. Like, does music have to challenge me? What are the Bare Naked Ladies? Is there a platonic ideal of the band that I'm like keeping in my head at this point that I always want the band to strive towards? Or are they just who they are? Have I lost sight of the Bare Naked Ladies? They've changed, but that's not a bad thing. Like like to to put them against Gordon or, you know, even maybe you should drive or Bopes. Like they're they're a different band, but you know again, I'm not I'm a different person than I was twenty years ago. I, I know, but you're a better person than you were twenty years ago. Almost I like certainly. to think so. 
yeah it all changes for the better but like i feel like i've changed for the better and i feel like bnl is i don't want to say grown but like they're definitely I'm, a different band and i don't think it's bad i think they've grown here's this is like uh bnl and i met in high school and at the time we really loved each other and we were so intertwined and close oh. and you know what just like a lot of couples who meet in high school we grew apart, right? Like, mm-hmm. because we met when we were so young and we still had so much growing to do, each of us. And that just happens. And nowadays, I'm sure somebody's going to meet BNL and they're going to make somebody very happy. Mm-hmm. I'm not that person anymore. I'm yeah. still following BNL on Facebook and I smile when they get into a new relationship and I look at their pictures yeah, and I'm like, like their, you like their posts. And yeah. Then, you know, maybe if you're back in town, you'll meet up for a drink and sure. have a nice conversation. But then you, you go back to your hotel room. <laughs> exactly right. I don't want to spend more time with BNL than I have to at this point. And I hate that because I feel like I used to love them, but that's okay. It's okay to just, they're not for me and that's okay. Let them go. Let them go. Now, the unfortunate thing is we do have two and a half, (laughs) soon to be three and a half more albums to go. (laughs) So I can't let them go. Unfortunately. What, what is the relationship equivalent? I guess we're sharing an apartment and we have like another three years of lease left. (laughs) Or you've like, you you got a dog together or something. Yeah. So we have so you to gotta, meet up. You got to wait out the rest of that dog's life. Maybe we have a kid. Maybe we have to oh, meet yeah. up on weekends and we have to still communicate and we have to be in touch. No, because I don't think a kid's a, a, a apropos metaphor because like the, there's an end in sight, right? I mean, BNL is going to keep producing albums that we have to keep reviewing, but yeah. like it's going to be at a time when, or like your kid's getting ready to go to college or something. Or my kid so has, like, yeah, maybe my kid has Jack disease. And Jack he dis- from like Robin Williams, and he like grows up real, real fast. So like there, there is like a time limit on him. Oh, too. like a Happy Gilmore situation. <laughs> I, I'm not sure you understood what that, was that movie Billy was Madison. About. What's I the one where he has to go back to high school? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's uh, uh Billy Madison, but not at all the same movie. But okay, continue. Sorry, they're basically the same movie, aren't they? <laughs> Jack and Billy Madison. <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, yeah. So wait, why why isn't I? I guess I don't know. It's just hard. It's hard because, like, I don't know. We have to be here. We have to. We are obligated to be here now. <laughs> you both bought a timeshare in, uh, yes. <laughs> in like, Boca Raton yeah. that you have to periodically go to. Oh, boy. But it is what it is, you know? It's just like... Uh, just like You the haven't co- told your respective parents that you've broken up, so oh, you have to, no. like, go to... You have to go to holidays together and pretend everything's okay. Sure. Because but- they both love the other... Like, your parents and their parents would be heartbroken... Yeah, yeah. If, if you guys broke up. But listeners, you're our friends, and we can tell you in confidence. I, I don't think we love the Naked Ladies anymore. <laughs> I think it's over. The the bed. It's been a dead bedroom for years now. I don't know, Saker. I think you're 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 calling short. I mean, last last album was hitting in my some of my tops, right? Why? Oh, yeah, it was my very bottom. Literally the bottom. But of it list. was it was near it was in the top quarter of mine. So, and I think that limits. I really fucking liked. I liked it. So they're still they it. obviously are still capable of creating songs that i very much enjoy you're right. we had bnl and i had one fight and i'm blowing it way out of proportion yeah. i think you're i think you're looking for a reason to get out of this relationship saker so you're doing the thing where you're like you're just being mean to them <laughs> until they like until they I force the issue with me yeah <laughs> no, this was just like you don't want to this... be the bad guy here you want bnl to be the bad guy and you know what saker they're not going to give that to you they're going to compete <laughs> keep producing perfectly serviceable songs for the rest of their natural force life. me to go to couples therapy we're going to work this out um but i don't know so so obviously 
I am blowing this way up out of proportion because I liked Limits too. This song just bored me. This was the fight. This fight was so big that it made me feel like there was no hope. But Ev, tell me about your relationship with this song. You're I just, again, again, I think you're, I think you're blown out of proportion because you've said this isn't a bad song. I think you just are expecting more. It's the most. So you're, you're the bad guy here. I am the. I'm fully committing to the idea that they are what they are. They're gonna make soulless pop music unobjectionable soulless pop music but soulless pop music and i have to deal with it because that's my life <laughs> you're like you're like somebody who you're you know you're 10 years into the relationship and you want like i want the fire back I do. <laughs> but like but you don't actually really want the fire back do you i mean i because you're gonna get you're gonna get some hot moments you're gonna get some hot um what's your fucking favorite songs i don't remember <laughs> i'm gonna get some summertime moments you're gonna get some summertime moments but you're also gonna get like spiders in my room oh, and things like that, that yeah are gonna, like, yeah so. but see I, that's what i'm saying is a spider in my room they were swinging and i've talked about this for an album now is they were fucking swinging if they were swinging on this song then i would be down but this is well, just again this is supposed to be a fucking um a radio hit. A, a radio pit so they're not gonna you're not going to put any of their big swings on the radio. I know. I know. You're right. Uh, you're right. You're 100% right. But I, I feel like before when they had songs that they were, that were like big, like Brian Wilson, like one of their mm-hmm. biggest, I don't think, I don't feel like they wrote that to be like, this song is going to fucking kick ass on the radio. If I had a million dollars, they wrote when they were camp counselors because they thought it was fun. Like mm-hmm. before their hits had soul because they were songs that they were writing because it was fun and because they were interested. But now they're writing songs to be hits, not writing, you know, right. songs. They, they have become, they have gone from musician, amateur musicians to professional music- musicians. And there's the big difference there. Yeah, they're part of the machine. Um, but hey, I liked Limits. So I don't know what you're, I don't even know what you're coming <laughs> from, man. You liked Limits. We both liked Limits. Okay. Let me, let me reevaluate when we get around to. Uh, I think you're just, you're just, you're just looking for everything to be like the way out. You're like, oh my God. Forgot to take out. They forgot to take out the trash again. You know what? Fuck them. And then you like come home from work and the trash is actually out. And they're like, oh, they just took it out after I left. <laughs> but like, here's, you're just here's the you're deal. Looking for a way out, sacred. I'm no, not going to give it I'm, to you. I'm not looking for a way out. I'm looking at the writing on the wall. Okay. I'm I'm not looking for a way out. I just see Man. what's happening. You're not committed to this relationship anymore. I listened to all in good time. That you're just album, going through the fucking motions. That album sucked ass. I am. That album was perfectly fine. In Ugh. fact, one of the better albums. I enjoyed a lot of you're, songs on it. You're a nightmare. Jerome is chef's kiss. Let, let me check back in at the end of our Keeping It Real episode, which would be halfway through this album. And then okay. we'll, I'll talk about whether I'm ready to break up with the band or not. And whether we're <laughs> going to change this to a Toad the Wet Sprocket podcast. Toad the Wet podcast. Oh, oh Wet the Toad podcast. <laughs> sure. Mm. Um, okay, but we actually have not talked about this song at all yet. Oh, here's no. here's excuse me, an interesting YouTube comment. Not my YouTube comment of the week, because that's okay. a different thing. But okay. I, I wrote like this was the single. Is this as good as the album's gonna get? And then I, I saw I was looking through the YouTube comments, and five years ago, uh, a scholar, Fat Ninja Walrus, posted mm-hmm. the following. I think part of the problem is that the last couple albums have sounded very 2000s. BNL always sounded really unique musically, but really recently they've started sounding like other groups. Granted, they have a right to head in whatever musical direction they want, but I think in doing so they've lost part of their appeal and individuality to me at least. I have tons of songs from their first albums, but only a couple from their new ones. I think that encapsulates what we're saying kind of just yeah, like that's very fair in a nutshell, in a nutshell. And, I, and, and the fact that other people are seeing it made me feel good, but I will tell you that 90% of the YouTube comments are like this song rules. The song rocks, yeah. Be it out forever. I love it. You don't need Steve. Steve is bad. <laughs> like, oh, good. Yeah. So anyway, 
just just a thought. So let's 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 jump into this song, I guess, a little yeah, bit. Now that we've done our album wrap up, basically. Yeah, <laughs> on, on song number two. <laughs> uh, it's a it's a shorty, right? This song is two and a yeah. half minutes. And which, I like that. I think that it I think that it could have easily worn its welcome out because this song is what seventy percent chorus. Yeah, yeah. I I actually. I mean, its bridge is just the chorus with a little bit of a with like the, it's the two electric lines. guitar dropped out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the let me see. The final minute of the song from one thirty onwards is just <laughs> the chorus in a two and a half minute song. That's only like a minute and a half. Not even a minute and a half because some of that is chorus as well. But yeah, mm-hmm. this is just like, it, I don't know. Is that objectionable to you? I know that you hate it when Kev does it. I think that. I hate it when Kev does it too much. And there's like, you know, it's a, it's a personal line, right? Mm-hmm. And this this song, I don't think it, it didn't do it too much for me. Because again, it's only a two minute 30 song. Like if this song had been even 20 seconds longer, right. I would, I think that would have been too much. But like this is just, it's in and out. You know, I can't, I can't hate it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I this, mean, I can't hate it, but I don't. You should hate it, but you don't. Yeah. Um, this isn't even the shortest song in the album. We have a 228 and a 226 on this album. Nice. Which is why, also though, I, I kind of love those, but I also kind of hate them because I feel like I listen, like I have to listen to them more to understand. <laughs> so it's a hundred <laughs> listens instead of 50 listens, but, um, and boy, oh boy, did it feel like I listened to the song a million times. Um, so we've got, uh, it, it's a short song. It's country inspired, sort of electronica slash country. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we've got some blippity bloops. Kev doing some some sort of stuff in the background of the verses that I enjoy. I was losing altitude. I should have landed and I tried to. Sort of an interesting, like, ethereal opening. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, uh, I don't know. Uh, Really, nothing stuck out to me instrumentally about the song. Did anything stick out to you? I liked the like I, I like the bleeps and bloops. Like they gave it sort of like a a dreamy, wistful quality. And I think they pulled it back from the country western sort yeah. of uh, sort of way. Going, it was totally an Ed rhyme scheme. Like I could feel him in this in this in the lyrics. Uh, but we'll get to those in a second. Like I like how the everything dropped out on the bridge. I flew apart, but they reattached me. I'm coming in hot. I guess it, is it actually even a bridge if it i guess it was two lines, two lines. but um, yeah yeah and i just felt the song overall like musically the song didn't overstay its welcome and there was a lot going on i didn't necessarily think it was like too complex or anything but like right. i felt like it was it was well constructed and well mixed it was well bob clear mountain did a good job bob clear mountain absolutely because i'm sure that you i mean we could bring this up now there are two different mixes of this song did you listen to the mark endert mix Oh hell yeah! That okay. was way more two thousands than the Clear Mountain. Mix. It was way more two. Th- it was one hundred percent just like electronic stuff, right? Except like it opened with like the keyboard was was being synthed to like a banjo. Oh, did it? Oh, weird. Yeah, it it almost sounded like the keyboard almost sounded like a banjo, but then it sort of it opens with like a Windows open, like <laughs> like it opened like a Windows. Oh yeah, like, I'm listening to it now. You're one hundred percent right. Yeah. The speed of sound you think i'd be slowing down but i'm not losing my momentum if there are ways to turn around so why don't crash into the ground yeah and it had like the heavy beat and it had like it changed the um you know how on the clear mountain mix it was like the 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 bleeps and bloops were sort of like dreamy yeah on this one they made them like full u2 like tinkling like waka 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 yeah yeah, like yeah. it was 
It was all over the place. And yeah. That 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 bass or the bass drum God. really was a very deep deep sound. Yeah. And did you get the hand claps? I did get the hand claps, but wildly, I think on the whole. I preferred the Bob Clear yeah. Mountain mix. Like yeah, I, I said, not bad, but I can see why they picked the other one. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a stronger song in general. So yeah, I don't know. It was it was interesting. Um, but I mean, comparing the two mixers, like Bob Clear Mountain has worked with like Springsteen and Paul McCartney mm-hmm. and like the Who and Hall and Oates and like Cool and the Gang and the Rolling Stones and Toto. And yeah. Huey Lewis in the News and David Bowie and wow. Mike Ennard has worked with Fiona Apple, Maroon Five, Miley Cyrus. Yeah. Carrie Underwood, Rihanna. So you can see that the like different not necessarily saying one is better than the other but you can see their different influences and like who they're working with like miley cyrus is very different than i don't know hall and oats it it did make me wonder how the mixing slash mastering process works for big bands like that because i mean what i always thought was like bnl recorded a song and then the mixer took those things and and you know pulled and pushed them a little bit and made one Mm -hmm. louder than the other but these are like two completely different instrumental sets. Mm-hmm. Like they just took Ed's vocals and then like applied them to a different song that felt similar. But obviously I feel like Mark uh, Endert did like most of the instrumentation for that one himself. Right. Like, yeah. do, do you think I mean, Bernicke ladies did any, I don't know. Did they record? I mean, an alternate- we've talked about like the producer and the mixer's fingerprints on the song before, but I feel like when you're, when you're doing these sort of produced albums, mm-hmm. like I feel like this is, I don't know. I feel like you may have been right with, you know, Gordon, where you know they do a song and then whoever whoever produces it is just you know moving a couple of stuff around but then these songs where there's a lot more going on right i think um you know they're, they're the what? the mixer and the producer have a lot more to do and i'm sure that's also indicative of the trends in music in 25 years later right like you know yes. yeah so 25 years ago nobody was going to add a, a fucking dubstep baseline to if i had a million dollars <laughs> although that would fucking rule uh but we're gonna drop a little bit of that (laughs) in right here Uh, you could say anything and I have to do it. It's my curse. (laughs) My curse is that this ghost controls me. That's that's the joy I get from this program. (laughs) Oh god. Mixes of stuff (laughs) Um, that nobody wants except for me. But uh, but yeah, honestly, I I thought that was uh, this whole song. I mean, not not to get into the lyrics yet, but obviously they had two different mixes for the song. Let's get into the lyrics because we're already pushing like well, forty minutes. Okay, oh Jesus <laughs> Christ, are we really? No, no, oh, Jesus, you scared me. Uh, so, but like, uh, but but it was also written by not just Ed but Zach Malloy. Uh, Zach Malloy of uh, um, what's the Nixons? the Nixons? Yeah. Yeah. Well, he was he was with a band called the Nixons, and they were very popular, and now they're they're a band again. But really, his main credit is he's a a hit writer. Like he writes yeah. hits for people. Um. So yeah. So so like, so they hired some dude to like h- work with Ed and write a hit. They made a hired bunch gun. of mixes of this song so they could find the hit. You know what I mean? Like. This song mm-hmm. is just like it's a sniper targeted like bullet shot to the number one point of the radio. And I wonder if they were disappointed because the highest this reached didn't even chart in the US. It hit number 11 on Canada's adult contemporary. That nice. sucks. Oh, you're nice. saying nice. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I just wonder if they feel like. You're talking like somebody who's ever been on Canada's adult <laughs> contemporary list. You're right. I'm speaking of a point of jealousy. But I don't know. That that just feels bad to me. It feels it feels like a bummer. 
Um, do you think they were bummed by the non-success? I, c- I can imagine they were thinking this would be their big return. Um, I think at this point they know what they are. Interesting. Uh, like, I, I mean, I'm sure they I'm sure they wanted it to do better, but I feel like they've all of them have made peace with the type of like adult contemporary band that they are. Maybe like, I don't think that they, they would be. I think foolish to think that they're going to have another one week. I feel like nowadays they understand that, but I think. I think they may have thought that All in Good Time was an anomaly. Like, oh shit. Well, that's okay. We stumbled a little bit. Steve left. But you know what? This next one, we are going to be maroon again. We are going to be one week. This is our this is our new stunt. And it's called Grinning Streak. And here we go. <laughs> you don't, I mean, you don't put out an album going like, mm, we are what we are. Well, actually, I do that all the time. Never mind. <laughs> I, I was going to say you're always aspirational with it. But no, never mind. That's My band is well, always I mean, like. Eh. To, like reading Ed's interviews, I think that he definitely thinks that this is what they are and also but he's again like he is aspirational yeah he's like this is some of the best music we've ever done i don't know why people don't like it it's so wild when he ranks the albums there was that one interview where he ranked them Mm -hmm. and like he puts the grinning streak at like what number two or something out of all the albums Mm -hmm. he's ever written fucking just nuts to me that's so 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 wild um but yeah okay so let's talk about the lyrics then let's let's get into them um they were Interest. It was it was in, an interesting departure from Steve, because mm-hmm. this song is about somebody who was a shitty boyfriend, mm-hmm. and now they've gotten better and they've learned from their mistakes. They think they've gotten better. They think they've gotten better. They think they've learned. We, from we their get mistakes. we get no objective judge <laughs> of whether or not they've actually gotten better. You, I suppose this is true. Okay, and actually, I would argue that they probably haven't gotten better, right? Because. We have some major consent problems in this song. Yeah, yeah. This is a this is like the last album single, a situation that, depending on the eye of the beholder, could mm. be stalking. Yeah. Or you know God, you're right. A a nice a nice meetup with a former boyfriend who has changed for the better. And, you know, like, oh, maybe I will give you another chance. But you know what? There is no onus on this woman to take you back, period, or yeah. to meet with you, or to forgive you, or to do anything for you. Yeah, and the fact that he went through all this, like, one day I'm going to see Janie again, one day I'm going to see Janie again, like, that's <laughs> terrifying. <laughs> like, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, he, uh, it, like, it says very clearly in the song, like, she followed through. Like, mm-hmm. number one, that's a really misogynistic kind of lyric to start the song off with, like... Despite the pretty dress and curls, you don't throw like other girls. You follow through. Despite the pretty dress and curls, you don't throw like other girls. You follow through. Shitty. Mm. Number one, weird misogynism. I think Ed, well, I think Ed was going for a pivot line because, you know, like the throw like a girl myth sort of thing. Sure. Um, where he's like, oh, I want this to be two lines. Like, you know, you know how girls don't follow through on their throws, you know, traditionally, but also girls can't let men go, I guess. I don't know. I don't even see it as a pit. Maybe he thought it was, but it's just parallel. It's, it's thinking, a double I entendre. Guess. I guess. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And I think he got carried away by that and it ended up kind of squicky. Yeah. Um, and But then, you know, he says he's coming in hot. Like I'm, you better catch me. I'm co- that like he's to, in my head. He's kicking down her apartment door. Like coming in hot, baby. I'm back. I'm coming in hot. Hope you catch me. 
banging on her door like give me another chance come on why won't you give me a chance i'm a nice guy I'll just i did all this didn't you see how i i brought your mail for you <laughs> i Jesus. opened it all i put it on your counter so that you wouldn't have any trouble got rid of your bills <laughs> oh no um, broken to the old apartment i feel like this might be the prequel to the old apartment right <laughs> no because they're married they're married uh if not happily then satisfactorily that's and this right couple is this couple is definitely broken up yeah at the point of the song yeah yeah um speaking of speaking of pivot lines that i think or or joke lines that don't track at all i'd like a little clarity to the metaphor i flew apart but they reattached me. i flew apart but they reattached me that's not something boomerangs do. Are you confused on what a boomerang is, Ed? Um, that's not that you you had me up until there, but but then you lost me entirely. Um, I don't know that the chorus. I mean, you got to say the chorus is catchy. Yeah, it's a catchy chorus. I mean, they they must have thought it was because they repeat it six times. <laughs> they really do. Seventy percent of this song is a chorus. I'll come on back. You will see. All you said got through to me, and I would like to be your I will say, this is where my YouTube comment of the week comes in. Sake, sake, sakers, you, you, YouTube comment of the week. <laughs> uh, it is five years ago from Gooch. And Gooch, oh, the Gooch is back. <laughs> Gooch is back, baby. His comment was, it sounds like he's saying, I would like to be your doo-doo rag. <laughs> <laughs> That's all. I just from then on, I heard I would like to be your doo doo rag <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> what is a doo doo rag? Is that a rag you use to wipe yourself? I, I assume so. Like, okay. I know in like ancient Rome, they used like sponges to wipe their butt, like, communal <laughs> sponges and things like oh, that. Oh, like, maybe this... we didn't always have disposable paper, right? Sure. To wipe your butt. This song may might be about ancient Rome, about like I would do anything for you. Well, I would like I to be your doo doo rag. In ancient Rome, but no, they had doo doo rags. Maybe yeah, this they, was all just a mistake. Classic BNL made a mistake <laughs> on, on the just recording. Yeah, just just have to roll with it. Um, Ev, I have a lot of notes. A <laughs> lot of them are not about this song. Do you have any more notes about this song? Um, should she take him back? Boy, that's a good question. So what clues do we have about who he is nowadays? Let's say, let's from say the you're this girl's best friend. Okay. Like completely platonic best okay. friend. Um, let's 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 good cop, bad cop her into a relationship no, with the We're not gonna maybe Katie. <laughs> okay. Um I don't know. I mean, we could we could maybe Katie in that one of us wants to try and convince her and the other one doesn't. Yeah. Like, but it's it's hard for me to because you're right, there is no objective judge here. But I think using my sense of, of judgment, I would say he's not, he has not fixed himself. He has not learned his lesson, right? If somebody throws yeah. you and follows through, then you're done. Like, you don't come back. Yeah, yeah. I think that I would, because I'm a, I'm, I'm a perennial peacemaker, as long as there wasn't any sort of abusive relation, abuse, abuse in the relationship or something like that, I'd be like, yeah, I mean, have dinner, like, have a drink with him, but get an out. Or have breakfast with him. Yes. And then schedule something, like, immediately afterwards so you have a you have a hard out. That's a great that's a great call. Yeah, you're right. There's no reason for him not to meet. Or them not to meet. I, I agree with that. Um, because, you know... He, if, she's cur- if she's curious. If she... Because I, mean, I assume if she's coming to us, she's like, should I? Yeah, right, right. So. Um, but I don't know. Like... I feel like there's a lot in here that are red flags. And I think she'll see mm-hmm. those red flags as she goes along. 
Um, coming in hot makes me feel like he's going to want to do like, uh, let's go out for drinks and dancing. And like, he, he's <laughs> not going to want to agree to the same activities that she agrees with. I don't know what they reattached me. They reattached it. (laughs) What? Uh, Did you have a read on going down, but no one knew I was losing altitude. I should have landed. And I tried to. Um, I think that that's just him like going off the rim. Maybe he was drinking. I like, I see, I see substance abuse problem in that. Like I was going down. I had like Mm. a, I had an addictive personality. I was losing altitude. I should have, you know, I should have landed and I tried to, I tried to like cut back and everything, but I just couldn't. Yeah. Oh boy. Um, That might be true. So yeah, I mean, this guy doesn't deserve a second chance, right? But you know, I think that if the partner is the least bit curious, he deserves maybe a a breakfast date. Yeah, yeah. Like, and, 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 at a at a at a Waffle House. Sure, I do think it it um, I do think it's been said before by us for these songs, but it is kind of a bummer that we there's no depth. To, we can't read into these songs anymore. Like, what is this song about? What do you think? Like, it is very plain and simple what this song is about. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's up front. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's any sort of... I mean, maybe there's some mystery to, is this substance abuse? Is this... I don't know. But I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I think... Is he a serial killer come back from the dead? Like, a like is this like a... Uh, um, like a Jason Voorhees and... Uh, whatever her name is. Jamie Lee Curtis's character. Yep, you got me. Situation. Never seen a Friday the 13th. Never seen a Halloween. Never seen a Nightmare on Elm oh, Street. Never mind. Michael Myers and uh, Jamie Lee Curtis. I figured that's I what you were thinking of. Confused <laughs> it's okay. Again. Your wires were crossed. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think they should meet. You're right. Um, yeah. Is, 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 this, is this BNL faking it until they make it? Is this a side effect of the loss of Steve or is this just growing up? Making it until you fake it while well, you made it. You made it, now you fade it. Fade off into obscurity, BNL. Sure. All right, that's what you that's that's your reply to my question. Made go, the fade. Go away. BNL, <laughs> get away from me. Uh, all well, right. They're just slowly they're just slowly fading out. It might take another twenty years, but they'll be Yeah. Well, yeah. when you come in that hot, coming in hot, we caught them and now, you know, it's gonna take a while for them to cool off, but they are cooling. Let's talk about the video. Um, the video uses, like we said, the Mark Endert mix instead of the Bob Claremont mix. Um, mm-hmm. uh, somebody commented uh, on the on the video, like, "What what is up with the mix of this song? I don't think I like it. And somebody <laughs> commented in response to them, Disc 6, a dance remix. And I thought that was the best burn I had ever oh, fucking heard. BNL is becoming what they hated. Uh, yeah, so box set was written about this washed up, jaded, uh, fucking, yeah. Um, I thought the video was a nightmare. Uh, I hated every part of it. <laughs> Is there any part of this video that you liked, Ev? <sighs> I can't speak to that very <laughs> effectively. Why? You didn't watch it. I didn't watch the video. I only watched the one. I didn't even know there was a video. The lyric video you watched. Yeah. I see. I see. I see. Okay, sure. Um, yeah, the lyric... But vid- now I am seeing the video. Okay, the little crayon drawings and... Yeah, yeah. yeah I feel like this is this, this definitely fits the mold of, like, modern BNL videos and that, like, all right, we got... I don't know how much you guys want to spend on this. Oh, nothing? Um, <laughs> well, let's say... I got a daughter who can draw. <laughs> well, Ev, let me tell you, they spent $5,000 exactly on this video because this video was chosen from the Gennaro.tv... Uh, make a bare naked ladies video contest. 
in which uh, people were challenged to make a video for the song Boomerang. Um, there were a ton of videos that were... There were? There were. We're going Please. back to, again, not just let's hire somebody to write the song with us. Let's hire a bunch of people to mix it. But we are even like, let's hire a bunch of people to make videos for us. And then whoever wins will give them $5,000. Um, it was truly the most by-committee song Barenaked ladies have ever had, right? Uh-huh. It's just so wild that they were so like almost hands off at this point. Like, I don't know who we are anymore. You figure it out for us. Like, well, I like that the video is just incredibly literal in that it's literally about a boomerang that a girl threw away. Yeah, yeah. So, so the the boomerang hurts the girl who throws it. Uh-huh. Then the boomerang spies on her to see if she's okay deep in the night, uh, and she has a picture of herself. In the same clothes, throwing a boomerang next to her bed, which is very, very odd to me. The boomerang then watches her grow up. I assume you're still watching it. Maybe I'm narrating what's happening in yeah, the video. Yeah, yeah. This is super surreal. Keep keep talking. Yeah. Uh, and then part of himself breaks off somehow, uh, and he grows a beard. Halfway through the video, the boomerang ends up growing a beard. And then he goes into a secret lab somewhere, transforms into a real boy, and goes to meet the girl uh, when she's all grown up. Fucking sucks. It sucks that he stalked her his whole life, her whole life, and then it went in like, okay, well, now's the point. She doesn't have a boyfriend. She's broken up with all the men, and now's my chance, and I've improved myself. I'm a real boy now. All my stalking has paid off. Like, Got a real Venganzo situation. Got here. a real fucking Venganzo situation. Yeah. Just a toy coming back. Uh, so if you had a childhood toy, like... How would you feel like, hi, Saker, um, I'm, I'm your, I'm beach time Donatello. (laughs) (laughs) I'm your childhood copy of the game. Sorry. (laughs) Sure. Yeah. And I'm sorry. I missed all these years, but here I am. (laughs) I have turned into an attractive middle-aged woman. Like fucking weird. It, it sucks. Would Uh, you like to meet at the waffle house? (laughs) I feel like I deserve another chance. it's it is very it's very surprising i thought in the video when the band popped into play when it's all it's the mark endert mix so it's all like electronic beeps and boosts but you see like jim with his big bass and ty playing (laughs) the drums when ty's not even in the song anymore um i wonder i watched a couple of the genero tv finalists uh they're all up Mm -hmm. on a website uh which you can weirdly still access seven years later the, the, the website still exists um but uh, uh, we'll put it in the show notes for those of you who want to dig deep. Yeah, absolutely. We will. Um, and I watched a couple of them and they were funny and interesting and like cool. And why I think bare naked ladies objected to them is because they didn't star the bare naked ladies. Like this one features the other people featured like funny actors doing cool things. And mm-hmm. this one is like about it features the band. And I feel I don't know if this was like a. Uh, uh, an ego move or I don't know. Uh, it, fe- it felt weird that they picked this one out of all the available candidates they had. Well, I mean, how old are their kids at this point? Uh, 2013. I don't know. I could look it up. You want me to look it up? I don't care, but I just, <laughs> let's just speculate. Like okay. If their kids are, they don't have young kids anymore. I think their kids are, their kids are like teens now. Uh, yeah. Uh, they had their first child, uh, Ed and his wife had their first child, Hannah in 95, their second Lyle in 99 and their third in 2002. So their kids were like 11 and, uh, 14 and like 19 at this point. Okay. So yeah, I mean, maybe they're being nostalgic for their, uh, 
they're little kitty boys and they're like, oh, look at this cute little video someone drew. I guess. I don't know. I fucking, I don't know. It's hard. Maybe because it's harder to animate a video than it is to just put one together and film it. Certainly this person went to great lengths to animate a video because that's a shit ton of work, For, mm-hmm. especially on spec. Like maybe mm-hmm. I won't get paid, but I'm going to dump 90 hours into this anyway. Well, I think that this probably were all the other were any of the other videos animated or were they just um, they were all live, live action. action. Yeah. So I think that that might have been what a star, spark in this one's favor because it might. I mean, you're you're submitting to as a as a writer, I submit to a lot of editors, right. and uh, you know they might get 30, 30 uh, live action stories, but they only get one animated story, and they're like, well, I've already bought ten live actions. But the thing is, Bar- Bar- Naked Ladies isn't putting together an anthology; they're getting one video for their song. Yeah, yeah. So who the fuck knows? In They're the- like, hey, remember that video we did for uh, Take It Easy, where <laughs> it's all animated and it was super fun, and it was the best video we ever did. Let's just do that again. <laughs> like you called the song "Take It Easy." <laughs> Yo, take it easy. I forget what it was called. Easy, wasn't it called? Yeah, yeah, same thing. It doesn't matter. <laughs> hey, 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 come, come. I down, believe everybody. the chorus was "Make It Easy," but I do like "Take It Easy." Uh, oh no, actually, I'm looking right now, and there is another animated finalist. Ooh. Uh, and it's really like in the uh, take on me aha style of like black and white kind of sketchy Ooh. animation. Um, nice. Yeah, interesting. Just just fucking wild that they picked. Uh, there were thirty nine people who who uh, who put in things from fifteen different countries. Wow. Uh, yeah. So a, a lot of uh, a lot of folks. A lot of folks. Uh, anyway, so that's the one they picked. Who the fuck knows why? I hate it. Uh, they did a bad job. <laughs> <laughs> they did there it is very funny uh ty kev and jim all recorded little like 45 second like hey come submit a video to Gennaro.tv's bare ladies contest and jim's is he does a little song in the bass like come to know to do to tv and it's very cute <laughs> ty is truly somebody reminded him five minutes before it was due because he's like, hey, this is uh, Ty Stewart from Bare Good Ladies. I'm outside grilling ribs. And he, like, shows the ribs that he's grilling. And he's like, put your video there. Kev's is fucking buck wild. Yeah. <laughs> he comes in in a Dracula mask. And he goes, Blaze, it's me, Dracula. I want you to <laughs> donate to the Bare Good Ladies video. And then he... He takes the mask off and he starts talking. He's like, yeah, this is, it's going to be a lot of fun. And then he like looks over and he sees a little toy he has. And he picks up the toy and puts it right up to the camera and goes like, oh, Bannigan ladies, ha, 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 Bannigan ladies, ha, 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 for like 10 to 15 seconds. <laughs> no. And then the last shot after he goes, yum, 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 $5,000, yum, 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 is it cuts back to him wearing the Dracula mask. He's just going, blee, blah, blee, 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 blah, blee, blee, blah, blee, blue, blue, blue. Like this is a wild, wild video. Wow. Um, I maybe I'll link. I feel like he thought he had a good idea with the Dracula <laughs> mask, and then like midway through realized that it was not as good an idea as he thought, and then panicked. And he was like, "Oh, oh, Mega Man, you'll always save me." <laughs> but then he cut it all together. It was like I should include that Dracula part at the end. It just made me like half of the video was truly him just going like blibbity blue, blah 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 between the little action figure and him and the Dracula mask. It, it's fucked up. It's strange. Um, live, Ev, did you watch the live versions of this song? I watched a couple, and they were exactly the same as the regular version. Uh, I watched the Billboard version was boring, but there were two that I thought stood out, and one was, of course, oh, okay. the selfie cam jam. Did you watch that uh, SCJ? No. Oh, you didn't? No, I did not. Oh, I think those are so interesting, because they were done this year, so we get to see how the song has kind of evolved and their their take on it nowadays. 
Mm-hmm. Um, uh, oh, I wrote Jim is being silly in his notes with no additional context. And so now I have no idea what I meant by that. <laughs> uh, it's much, much, much countryer. Um, because oh, they okay. didn't have the electronic influence here. Yeah. Um, Ty does m- one of my favorite, like he claps his sticks for like the clap your hands, like during the breakdown part, <laughs> which I love. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ed makes a joke at the end that isn't even worth mentioning. It's so bad and dumb. That's the selfie cam jam. Um, any other ones you thought were interesting or were they all samey to you? That's the way the news goes. Then I assume you didn't watch the London orchestra version of this song. No, you gotta not. scroll way down that. I wish they had fucking released an album of their night with the London Orchestra. Because that version of Four Seconds they did a couple... Oh, sorry. I said the cursed words. <laughs> that uh, that version you, of... I, lost, I think I lost you for a second. I think I they lost did? you for a second. Was just, you just started making modem noises. <laughs> that version of... <laughs> uh, was fucking great. This version was fucking great. Like, hmm. I just wish they did... It's unbelievable that this was a one-off show, that the London Orchestra did, like, the, every somebody wrote string accompaniment for all these songs for one night in London. It's so good. So good. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's all I got. Ev, that's, that's all I got. That's all I got? Okay. We'll see you again in one <laughs> week. I mean, is it time? Let's, I think it's about time to rate this song. Ebbo, as usual, we rate this song in a bale of... Bale of hey. <laughs> <laughs> So get on that big bale and let's rate this song. You go first. I'm rolling around. Oh, okay. Yeah, bale I'm, I'm hay, not going to complete. Hay, bale hay, bale hay. My family, my family uh, used to own a dairy farm. Now they own a cattle farm. Um, so I'm down there working, working for the weekend. You know me. We're baling hay. We got it up there. It's all threshed, ready to go. Um, so we're wrapping it up in these sweet little bales, and we take them and we wrap plastic wrap around them and keep them for the winter. Uh-huh. And uh, it's just a hot late summer day and i'm sweating and there's like fucking hay dust everywhere so i stripped off my shirt like a good old-fashioned farmhand tie my bandana around my neck and my little headband so my sweat doesn't get in my eyes i'm just sitting there working bare-chested mm. and it's still too fucking hot i'm there with all my cousins i'm just with my pitchfork throwing hay up into the loft and it's just so hot and sweaty and i'm taking off my pants now i'm just in, like in my boxers and all my cousins are stripped down to their boxers as well and we're just having a good old time as family no sexual tension at all because we're all super related uh-huh. and we all grew up together and nothing. We're not kissing cousins. We're just regular old cousins. And I'm like stumbling around. I'm like, this is a lot of fun. You know, I kind of miss this. You know, this is fine. This isn't a great, I mean, because we're working. It's not a fun time with my cousins. It's a fun time with my cousins, but it isn't like the best time. Okay. Right? We could be doing a lot more fun stuff. And then I'm like, all right, cool. And then I trip because there's a, um, there's holes in the hayloft that go down to the main floor so you can you know, put the silage and the feed down to the cows. And I fall through one of those, but right below that is one of the balers. And I get wrapped in plastic. <laughs> uh, it's like a white plastic wrap. And I'm like a fucking mummy. And I, my arms are there and I'm just sitting there like, oh, this isn't as fun as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> and that's my rating of this song. Okay. So. I'm wrapped in baling plastic. Sure. Thick white plastic. Oh, so it's not see-through. Oh, no. It is definitely. Uh, it's either black or white. You don't want that. Uh, you don't want the sun getting sure, the hay. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, boy, oh boy, I feel like mine is uh, a lot more boring than yours. Uh, I am, of course, working at the uh, the pumpkin stand uh, that I always work at every at October. At the Circleville Pumpkin Festival. That is correct. Circleville, Ohio. I'm selling pumpkin cookies. I'm selling pumpkin curry. I'm selling all the pumpkin-y treats you could ever want. Oh, <laughs> your mouth is pursed for a pee, and I assumed you were going to add to my <laughs> list of pumpkin foods. Um, okay, pumpkin candles. <laughs> pumpkin-shaped... Have you animals. ever been to that Circle Festival? 
Um, no, because it's gotten too big. I think yes, it's one of those it's one of those small town festivals that like everybody from the city found out about. So now it ex- has exploded, and you can't get a parking spot and everything like that. It was I went I went in like 2016 or 17. It was fucking ridiculous, but yeah. fun, fun. Anyway, yeah, I'm sure it was fine. Um, I go to the Lithopolis Honey Festival. Ooh, Thank you very much. I go to the <laughs> Athens Pawpaw Festival. Uh, so I'm I'm more the Asheville Viking Festival, which everyone should go to. It held in a middle school parking lot. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> so I'm I'm sitting at the stand, and it's a uh, it's a a mild fall day, and I'm wearing a white t-shirt and jeans, um, and I'm sitting with my feet up at the stand, and no one is there. No one is coming. Uh, I'm nobody not, wants pumpkins. Nobody wants pumpkins. It's like early September, mid-September. So people will buy pumpkins soon, but not now. It's too early for pumpkins. We just got like the big boys from the batch. We had to get them out early. Maybe people who are really, really into fall are coming to buy them. But now nah, it's because right now it's like noon. People are all at work and it's like a Thursday. So mm-hmm. it's not hot. It's not cold. I'm not sweating. I'm not chilly. I'm not having fun, not having a bad time. Maybe I'm reading a, an informational pamphlet. <laughs> uh, uh, maybe there's uh, some music playing, but it's uh, an AM station. It's the only radio they gave me. So it's like uh, maybe some classical music or some generic Muzak, some elevator stuff. Um, it is the most mild day of the most mild year of my life. Uh, and I am in jeans and a white t-shirt. And... Um, I have nothing to say. It's so fucking hard to have a take on this song. <laughs> it was Really? Because fine. you managed to have quite a few takes on it. I felt like I needed to for our listeners' sake. I needed to have a big swing on this song. <laughs> so, all right. Whoop. Well, this is going to be probably one of our longest episodes of the album. That's unfortunate. We'll be right back with more It's All Been Done, a Bare Naked Ladies podcast. <laughs> hey, Evan. You, let's say you have any part of, any part of Bones... Any part of your bones can come out. Sure. <laughs> See, let's say, I mean, you've got like, we've already talked about skeleton being the, like the spookiest um, internal organ, right? I guess. But let's say you could like, I know that like you can't own a human skull anymore. Oh, you can't? You, you can. I think you can, but I think that like you, our friend, the person we talk about more than anything, once owned, our, the crypto naturalist once owned a human skull, <laughs> but he has since returned it to, you know, whatever, because there are human skulls and presumably they still have relatives. Okay, and things, sure. You know, still alive. Especially like fresher skulls you buy nowadays. Sure, but, gotta uh, get them fresh. I don't think he bought it. I think it was given to him as a gift. I see. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> by, weirdly, by the person who owned the skull. Yeah, I think I think that's fine. Yeah, pulled it right? out of his own They've head. They've got those like medical... They've got those like medical cadavers. You can donate your body to like science or like a body sure, farm sure, sure. or something like sure. that. Sure. And then they can watch, you know, how fast you get eaten by lichen or something. Right. I don't know. That checks out. Okay. We shot this one out of a cannon. <laughs> um, I guess what what do, you, what do you want to happen to you when you die? Um, you want, are you going to be cremated or are you going to be buried? I would like to be cremated when I die. Uh, I would like to, because I don't want to take up space. I don't want to be, and plus I think it's nice to have a little keepsake. When my dad was cremated, uh, my mom took the ashes and she got a little like, uh, not ceramic, but like glass uh, little uh, vase, I guess, made out of them. And it's mm-hmm. got like the ashes like swirled in there and like, that's sweet. And it's uh, in a, unobtrusive and inoffensive and a nice memory. So he's like, in a, he's like in a glass vase. So if like somebody like breaks the vase, like and little little baby Enzo's crawling around and crawls up on the wall and smashes the vase, yeah. like that's the end of your dad. You gotta, yeah. 
You got to throw them away. Yeah, that's, that's it. I mean, I do have I do have some more uh, ashes upstairs that I'm just keeping for no reason. Oh, well, that's good. Uh, I don't know. I think my, my, my father was also cremated, and I think I'd like to also be cremated because I think that, I mean, you can get buried, and you can have your gravestone, and it's, like, supposed to be forever, and that's pretty cool. Like, I like walking around cemeteries and seeing the gravestones, but after, like, what, two generations? Who the fuck's going to visit your grave? Oh, true. Like, nobody. Well, that's like why. your grandchildren. You know. Yeah, if, if, if you're going to have a gravestone, you need it to be, like, a, a Robin Williams, not to- not Jack, but toys. Toys. Gravestone, yeah. You need it to pop. Absolutely. What's, what's going to be on your tombstone, safely? Oh, what's your epitaph? Fuck. Mm-hmm. I love that. Um, My epitaph will say, Saker Dickin... 1985 mm-hmm. to 20... That's after we get married at the end of this podcast. <laughs> we divorce our current partners and I, you get married to I, me and I take my maiden <laughs> I tell you, whenever anything asks for my last name related to this podcast, I do put Dick in. We are a podcasting family. And uh, yeah. Um, so uh, 1985 to 2022. Uh, and it's going to say... Jeez, oh, <laughs> That was quick. It's going to say... That's what it says. Woo, that was quick. <laughs> that was unexpected. Uh, no, I think mine is just going to have a little staples button, and when you press it, it says, that was easy. <laughs> That's going to be my... My epitaph is just like a pressable button on my tombstone. You've seen the ones that have, like, embedded, like, camera... Like, cameras, but, like, a screen, so you can, like, yeah. open it up, and then you can, like... They, like, a recorded that message rules. plays. That rules. I love that. That is pretty cool. Do you, did you know, maybe you didn't know this, that Marvel... Disney took legal action against uh, a family who wanted Spider-Man on their child's tombstone. Wow. It's a, it's a copyrighted thing. You can't put Spider-Man. Unex- un- not unexpected. <laughs> yeah. Horrifying, but not unexpected. What would be your... Yeah, there's, there was no one in the line of command, the chain of command who was like, <laughs> this might be bad optics. Let's just let him have Spider-Man tell you on what, his bud, fucking The tombstone. fact that you didn't hear about it means that it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. That should have been a, a big-ass story, but no. Uh, what would well? Did they did they back down or did they end up like getting it removed? Uh, while you're telling me your epitaph, I'm going to tell you the resolution of that story. Oh, let's see. My epitaph is since I'm buried right next to Saker in the same uh, grave <laughs> in the same coffin. Yours that was easy, and I and then mine goes. No, it wasn't. <laughs> That's pretty good. So you, mine was a Staples button. What what company is yours a button from? Well, mine just, it is not a button. It just activates right after yours. Oh, I see. It's automatic. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, it goes, no, what the... Um, I get Jenny Slate to record it. <laughs> That's pretty good. Oh, how much did you have to pay her? Uh, she did it not, She did it for free because she's super nice and she knows I'm her biggest oh, fan. Oh, my God. Um, they could not allow his tombstone to be engraved with a Disney character due to a policy from Walt Disney himself, which does not permit the use of characters on headstones, cemetery, or other memorial markers or funeral oh. urns. Well, that makes that makes a little more sense. I Comes suppose. down from the big man himself. Um, the company did, however, offer Jones a one-of-a-kind illustration of Spider-Man, which would include a special message for his son. Hey, guess what? That doesn't matter to him anymore. <laughs> that is a, too little, too late. Yikeroo! That sucks. Um, wow, Disney sucks. Um, oh my god, I can't look at these pictures of a kid in the hospital anymore with his little Spider-Man doll clutched to his chest. Oh, uh, no, I don't, I don't, I don't like uh, this at all. We're both parents. I hate this. Ev, you know what else I hate? <laughs> <laughs> Starting start off good. I hate that the podcast The Marmoset Chronicles ended. 
Yes, that's right. Wait, what? Yes. It ended before it even began? The Marmoset Chronicles. It ended July 31st, 2020, and you can binge all 20 episodes now on the Orange Groves. Oh, that's so sad. Oh, you know about the Marmoset Chronicles, the eight-movie saga by reclusive visionary director Laz Patillo. You already know how it became a cultural touchstone from 1970 to 1986, affecting everything in its weight. So why another podcast on it? This show is simply a personal retrospective, a discussion of why we, hosts Kirsten, played by Evan, and Jay, played by me, love these movies so dearly and what they've meant to us growing up through today. So, uh, yeah, The Marmoset Chronicles, a final hurrah is the final episode, and you can, of course, hear all of the episodes right here on the network. Uh, and we're going to miss you, Kristen and Jay. <laughs> Kirsten. Yep, goodbye. Goodbye. Two of, our, two of my favorite characters to play. What, what epitaph should we put on Kirsten and Jay's tombstone? Have a great, have a great life. Okay, Kirsten says have a great life, and Jay says uh, keep in touch. <laughs> <laughs>back with more it's all been done a bare naked ladies podcast now's the time of the episode when i press the button a bunch to spin that big wheel and we see which segment we're going to come up with no it isn't what segment is <laughs> what are we doing right now this is the segment that you skipped over where i tell you about what comedian or how funny this show okay, is. okay go ahead oh shit <laughs> <laughs> i mean we went to commercial before Evan- this but you know i didn't want to I didn't want to chill your role. Thank you, like thank a, you for not breaking the the flow of the or the bad flow of the show. But thank you for, yeah, for letting me it's do. It's okay. It's okay. Ev, could you tell me which comedian this song is just like? like? This, just like this song, my 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 uh, read on this comedian is is unobtrusive and doesn't really uh, <laughs> okay. my read, not the comedian itself. Because as you know, this song is about famous Australian actor slash comedian Rebel Wilson. Rebel, I didn't know Ribble. that she, Rebel was a comedian. I guess she is. Oh, definitely. She was in sketch comedy for a long oh, time. Oh, I tend to think of her as more of an actress, but that's interesting. Okay, cool. So tell Yeah, I mean, she's only recently moved into like comedic roles in I think film, mm-hmm. but she was a she was a sketch comedian. She was Second City trained. Wow. Um, look at that. Back in the back in the day. Okay. She graduated from the Australian Theater for Young People. Young people. That's my first <laughs> note, 2003. That's very good. All right, well tell me more about so, Rebel. Yeah. So she did sketch comedy through the early aughts, making her bones, uh-huh. and then she was in like a "What to Expect When You're Expecting," "Struck by Lightning," "Pitch Perfect," as you know, Fat Amy, oh, which is I've never seen a Pitch Perfect a movie. Name. Oh no, they are fine. Okay, cool. Um, and more recently, she's been in uh, stuff like "Isn't It Romantic" and "The Hustle," and of course, Cats. All right, she was Jenny Any Dots. Yeah, she got the uh, worst supporting actress role from the um, Golden Raspberry. But you know what? Oh. Fuck the Golden Raspberry and fuck Stinkers because they thought <laughs> Freddy Got Fingered was the worst movie. I forgot about all. that. Yeah. Uh, okay, so how is this song like Rebel Wilson? Well, like a boomerang, she came back from, if you'll remember, you probably don't remember, um, there was that uh, big article that was posted on her in Woman's Day mm-hmm. in the, uh, I want to say... T- 20, mid 20 teens mm-hmm. um that she was a uh basically a um a liar because she oh. had originally said her age was 29 but it's actually 35 and she likes to she told stories she told that she was uh brought up in sort of a like a sydney slum and she was a bogan and a bogan uh, oh it's like a um redneck basically. Oh, okay 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 <laughs> like a, a, the australian version of a redneck um but it turns out that her parents were um professional dog 
presenters okay <laughs> dog handlers like you know when the dog the dog shows like the shows okay yeah they got like professional handlers do that like both her and she had like a regular relatively middle class upbringing um she said she went to Z- zimbabwe and climbed into a leper cage and once got caught in a gunfight and uh, <laughs> um she got malaria in zimbabwe and hallucinated that she was getting a um oscar which is what got her into acting oh sort of thing and so they cast doubt on all those. And then she came back like a boomerang with a fucking countersuit saying, hey, dipshits, this is all true. And here's some proof of it. Um, I know I lied about my age. And I just didn't correct it. Like people just assumed. And, you know, actress in Hollywood, you know, you can you can understand why you would make that. You know, if people think you're six years older, younger, just let go with it. Right. Sure, so yeah. I did. Um, and she's like, here's, you know, here's my time when I was a rotary uh, ambassador to South Africa and Jeez, Zimbabwe, and wow. you know, here's where I here's the paper where I got malaria, and she sued him for four point five million Australian Holy dollars. Holy shit! Like a motherfucking boomerang. Yeah, and uh, and she won. Wow. And, uh, she's she said she's going to donate it to charity and scholarships what? in the Aussie film industry. Yeah, she rules. You well, I mean, she makes she already makes millions of dollars, well, yeah, so it'd be kind of shitty sense. for her to keep that. But you know, but then uh, the 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 sue the the studio, not the studio, but the uh, publisher counter countersued like a boomerang for why to um you know just because they said like we sourced it and this sort of thing so they it ended up getting lowered from 4.5 million australian to 600,000 australian so okay so they robbed charity of 3.9 million australian wow, which is very like, classy 1.2 million dollars yeah okay i mean but again it's a it's a magazine publisher so 4.5 million dollars is probably a fuck ton of money to an australian magazine publisher almost certainly so. yeah that's print cool <laughs> so anyway so that's um, rebel well i wish so, you would have picked somebody who ruled less because that that quite a fi- boomerang quite a boomerang story huh indeed yeah but uh but but it's it seems too big for her but it is a boomerang story it seems too big for the song i should say uh the song should be uh a little more down than that but i i love it i love it that's great um her oh and the, the disney connection her great aunt lillian was uh walt disney's wife oh wait what's the disney connection to boomerang we talked about Disney just a lot. Oh, okay. On the commercial break. <laughs> Certainly. Yes. yes. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Okay. She was an ink artist um, uh, and she named Mickey Mouse. Whoa. That's huge. To well, she name is, Mickey? She is, she is Walt Disney's wife. Oh, shit. That's, I mean, still, that's huge. Yeah. He's going to name, he was going to name him Mortimer Mouse, but she's like, that's fucking sucks. Name him <laughs> <Mickey>. <laughs> stupid piece of shit. sucks. And Walt Disney said, yeah, I am a stupid piece of shit. I'm so glad you <laughs> took me back. <laughs> Uh, There's the boomerang connection. There it is. Take him back. Damn. I love it. Have good research and good sourcing your sources, your citations. Take him back, but you don't have to. It's not on you. Taking him back, eating a snack. (laughs) Danny, California. (laughs) California. (laughs) All right. And now we're back. And now we're back. And I already spun that big wheel. Ebbo, this time around, we are toe to toe. Grab another random song. Which wins? So, Ev, uh, up here I have a list of the 100 best songs from 2013 from Rolling Stone. Okay. Um, do you want to call out a number or should I just do No, we like... have to do 11 because this was, a, this was number 11 on Canada's Easy Listening. Oh, no. Oh, no. This is certainly not going to match up to whatever song 11 is, but let's see. Okay. Song number 11 on Rolling Stone's Best of 2013 was Arcade Fire's Reflector. So I'm going to uh, post a little. Uh, are you, can you look it up? You could probably look it up, huh? Mm-hmm. Okay, that's a almost an eight minute song. Oh, Jesus, Jesus Christ! So let's just listen to a little bit of it. I'm gonna. Okay, good. Oh, Ev. Mm-hmm. Uh, Arcade Fire, also Canadian indie rock band. How about Ooh. that? 
do you think that uh arcade fire i do you think bare naked ladies is still an indie band i guess they are um i guess no they're signed to a label what does indie really mean i guess I mean, a lot of indie bands are signed to labels. I don't know. Okay, yeah, indie has no no real definition to me. Indie just means if I said them to somebody, they wouldn't have heard of them. So I guess I wouldn't (laughs) even count Arcade Fire as an indie band. Listening to it now. As am I. Yeah, I think this fucking kicks the shit out of <laughs> Boomerang. This was, hey, but hey, but Boomerang's coming back. Boomerang's coming back. Boomerang's coming back with a left back. hook. He's coming back. Because, do you know why this is a better song than Boomerang? Because it's interesting. Mm-hmm. It sounds like something new and different. It sounds cool and fun and, like, thoughtful. Like, they did cool, interesting things with it. Um... Panic of Ladies need to... I, I'm so... Okay, you're right. Limits was good. I need to hear the rest of this album. I need to hear them taking big swings, swinging their big things, just doing what they do best. That's what I want to see out of the Barenaked Ladies. So if they can if they can present me with that, uh, I would be happy to, uh, to be back on their side and call them an indie band once again. <laughs> well, I mean, they are technically an indie band because they're on their own label, aren't they? Uh, I don't... Are, are they on their own label now? I thought... I have yeah, no idea. They, yeah, they produce their own albums. Oh, shit. Well, then, right? yeah. Bernadette Ladies are indie, baby. Those. Doesn't that feel weird to say? The people who did one week are an indie band. Uh, I got to yeah. admit that I'm still watching the Reflector video. <laughs> yeah, it's very good. I think I'm, I, I, I like put it in my queue to play after we're done <laughs> yeah. with this podcast. I'm oh, like, okay. Not, not just a better song, but a better video by far. Now, they probably yeah. spent a lot more money. Arcade Fire is a much bigger property than Very Good Ladies at this point. Yeah. But Yeah, and I think that I think they definitely spent a lot of money in, you know, yeah, on it. Yeah, definitely, to make that cool glass you know, I haven't suit. listened to much Arcade Fire, and I think I'm going to now. Me too. the strength of this video. Yeah, this video rules and this song rules, so I'm uh, I'm into it. Um, okay. So, toe-to-toe. We, uh... <laughs> Very Good Ladies got blown out of the fucking water. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, well, again, I don't know if... Blo- this song definitely kicks their ass, but, like, I think that this song, I wouldn't... This song doesn't offend me, right? Of course so not. I think that I think that if I were listening to a CD and just a CD of like quote unquote alt rock from the 2000s, sure, or th- the 20 teens, adult contemporary, adult contemporary 20 teens, and like I'm just listening to this like a YouTube playlist as I'm I don't know writing or something. Arcade Fire's Reflector comes on. I'm like, hmm, bookmark this song for later. Uh, Bare Naked Ladies comes on. I'm like, okay, fine. Don't skip. Listen to the whole thing. Exactly, and that is why I dislike it. I wish it had offended me. Good art makes you feel, Evan. No, Good art makes you I think feel. you're <laughs> This song made me feel nothing. So you would rather they you'd rather their hit single from Grinning Streak was inarguably bad <laughs> than okay. Would I rather it be a spider in my room than this? Yeah. I think I would. I mean, would they have survived to Canada Dry? No, they would not have. They would have probably fizzled out and and burned away. But I don't know. This song, I don't give a shit. And I know that that probably offends the people who are listening to this podcast because they do give a shit about Bernie Good Ladies. And I'm sorry. I can't be what you want me to be.
I thought this was a fine song. I don't know. I think you're just you're just pining for the time that it was. And again, we had to we've talked about this in this episode and before. You have to like recognize this is a different band. Yeah, gotta let it go. I have to let it go. I'm letting it go. It's gone. Boomerang is a different person. You know what? Maybe one day it'll come back to me. But for right now, it's gone. This truly, yeah. Saker, Saker's rating should have been like him in the. You're in the old folks' home, uh, <laughs> resting on your your checkered blanket. You've just got back from playing. I don't know. They don't play bingo anymore. They play like fucking board games. It's, all it's sorts Super of Smash Brothers Ultimate, is what. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You just got back from playing Super Smash Brothers Ultimate Tournament. Um, you won a collectible set of uh, minifigs. <laughs> super Super Smash Brother minifigs. Uh-huh. Put them up on your mantle. The song comes on. You're like. <laughs> you're bopping your head and you really get into it uh-huh. and you throw you know you throw your you throw your uh, body around you break a hip and next thing you know you're in your grave and that was easy <laughs> and then i go to your gravestone four days later and uh-huh. i have to follow my master into death yeah and so i commit I commit seppuku <laughs> on right. your grave i don't know you know my body decomposes next towards it my unquiet spirit re- repeats no it wasn't after every time someone presses that button you don't even die of sadness you have to kill yourself to get to get it out there all right yeah. all right ev let's get to this week's email <laughs> <laughs> this week's email is called boomerang and if you've never heard uh this week's email is from our friend greg hi greg hi greg uh saker and evan Imagine there was a short-lived animated TV show that ran from 2008 to 2010 and starred the ladies. What was the premise of the show? Tell me about its best and worst episodes. Greg Mammaries. I believe this was someone who we renamed Greg Mammaries back like maybe three dozen episodes ago. Good to hear from you again, Greg. Uh, okay, so. So this is 2008, 2010. So this is. So what, what, what shows? Just, just prior to Steve leaving. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. I guess so, huh? Because when did Snack Time come out? Two thousand nine, right? No, mm-hmm. Snack Time BNL. Let's see, two thousand eight. So yeah, so this is like yeah. Oh boy, so this was like this animated show started when Steve was part of the band, and then he <laughs> left the band while the show was Jesus. So that's gonna be. I its- think they definitely. I think they definitely replace uh, Steve's voice acting character with a new Steve voice actor. Oh no! But his character is still show. in the show. Yeah. Oh my God! What yeah, a and they nightmare! Just do, they just do increasingly horrible things to him. Oh, so he becomes the Kenny of the. Well, is it? So is it a? Is it a children's animated show, or is it like an Adult Swim sort of South Parky animated show? Do you think? Let me see. It is. I rolled a dice. Mm-hmm. It is a show for seventy-year-olds. <laughs> okay. That was very helpful. So it's I rolled the, a ten-sided the, dice <laughs> for the span of human human lifespans. The world's the world's first <laughs> the world's first animated show for the elderly. They are an untapped market. Sure. Uh, they watch TV as much, if not more, than children. Sure. Uh, they don't buy anything. Sure, well, they do. They buy tons of stuff. They, they go straight from like, they go straight from like, BNL animated TV happy hour to QVC. QVC. I think this is, this is a fucking um. So what? It, <laughs> so this is like the seventy year old equivalent of e girls vaping. Like we're trying to get it to appeal to the uh, <laughs> yes, absolutely the greatest the greatest generation. Okay, so if I were making a show for old people, I guess it's gonna have to be a mystery show, right? Because they like their murder she wrote. They like their matlocks. They like their. I think they also like a they also like a like talk show sort of yes. sort of talk, sh- talk shows and like a um, variety shows. Right? Sure. So the premise of this show is 
It's uh, sort of a talk show, but uh, every every week they invite a bunch of suspects onto the show and they try and figure out who done it. Is it scripted or is it an actual reality show? Is it live? I think it's scripted. Well, it's an animated show, so it can't be. Oh yeah, it can't be. I, mean, I guess it could be improv, but probably it could not. be improv and then animated over it. But I think it, what it is is like the the mystery is the wraparound segment, right? Okay. So at the beginning, they go to a new. They go. It's the bare naked ladies traveling around doing concerts, but every it's like a murder she wrote where every time they go to a new mystery ink, sure, <laughs> mis- they go to a new area. Um, there's a murder there, right? And they being professional crime solvers <laughs> and uh, professional. It's like a law and order. Yeah. <laughs> so like um, so. Uh, they all get various degrees. Like uh, Kev gets his uh, lawyers. Oh, Kev wouldn't be a good lawyer. No, uh, I think Tyler. I think Tyler would be a good lawyer because he screams a lot. <laughs> he's good at arguing. He'd, yeah, he'd be the good. He'd be. The, oh, Tyler would be the bad cop. Tyler always does the investigations. He's like the Ice T character. Sure, Jim is the good cop on uh, Bare Naked Ladies SVU. <laughs> well, uh, Law and Order BNL. Oh, that's <laughs> there it is. Um, so yeah, Tyler. Tyler's the bad cop. Uh, Kevin's the good cop. Uh, Jim is the the forensic scientist. Yes, right. And then Ed has to be the lawyer. Ed has such a good ah shucks thing, and he could like do that court turnaround. He's like, "Well then, Mr. Jefferson, mm-hmm. how do you explain, Mr. Thomas T. Jefferson, <laughs> how do you explain these fingerprints we found all over this signed copy of Marilyn Monroe, famous <laughs> actress from the fifties? Yeah, oh yeah, it, it always they keep bringing back references <laughs> yes. to like, and it always and the thing is they always um. Baby boom, not the baby boomers. The uh, uh, greatest generation likes to suck their own dicks, right? So it's just it's just constant references, always with the references back to. And I know, and I think that every there is big a nostalgia as every other generation, but I think that sure they get they get less opportunity. So to this it. is this is basically can this be like the Ready Player One for the boomer generation, where like every sentence is like May West this and Cary Grant that and. <sighs> Yeah, yeah. It's okay. like a like a Golden Girls situation sure. where they're just making all these like topical references, but all the topical re- no one would get them sure. who lived who was born later than 1960. Right. Uh yeah. I I said May West and Cary Grant and then I realized the people who are in their 70s uh in 2008 would have been born in like 1948. So, yeah. Oh, okay. So then never mind they're boomers. Yeah, they are boomers, I guess. Um Wow. Early boomers. Here's 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 another question. I guess this is an animated show, but is it traditional animation or is it CG? I would tend to trend towards CG, in the hopes that they're trying to trick them into thinking these are real people on the screen. Like because maybe <laughs> maybe old people just want to watch real people, but it costs too much to hire real people. Much cheaper to hire voice actors. So they uh they it's Bernie Lady CG'd on the screen, solving mysteries wherever they may tour. Is this is this a concept? Is this anything? <laughs> is this anything? Good question, Saker. Maybe that's what my tombstone says. Maybe my tombstone says, "Is this anything?" And they would be. Um, well, they'd be. It'd be nineteen thirty-eight, not forty-eight. Uh, so, so oh, they you're would right. Be, they'd be late, late greatest. Generation. Yeah, you're right. You're right. The latest right. and greatest generation. The latest and the greatest. Un- the untapped market of the uh, cuspers between the boomers and the greatest generation. Sure, sure, sure. You have a point. Um, okay, so tell me about the best and worst episodes. Uh, so I think the worst episode is the one where uh, uh, Steve left. Uh, he he left the band and stopped voice acting. And so it's an episode. We didn't wh- even tell. We didn't even tell you who Steve was. Steve is the judge. Oh, yeah. in every case. <laughs> okay, great. guilty. His best friend is the lawyer. And he's the I'm judge. guilty. <laughs> love it okay cool well, you know they, they like their they like their formulaic shit yeah 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 yeah, yeah. uh okay so steve is the judge um and wait do, is that everybody then yeah good cop bad cop yeah. lawyer forensic yeah. scientist judge 
Um, when I say formulaic, but I mean it wasn't formulaic back at the time when it was right constructed. We only see it as formulaic now because we've moved beyond it. So, uh, with regards to storytelling, I think the worst episode is the one where Steve left very suddenly and abruptly before they could hire a new voice actor, but they needed a new episode out like tonight, so they had mm-hmm. to replace all his lines with like Microsoft Bob Sam, Goldthwait. Bobcat Goldthwait <laughs> is what I meant to say. My, Famous. My nickname for Bobcat Goldthwait is Microsoft Sam. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, I think that the and also it's the it's the episode where they the the um the greatest generation realizes that the whole the whole series is kind of a joke on them. Yes, exactly, for sure. Like so, so up up until now, they've been the BNL boys have been real tongue in cheek, not tongue in cheek, but like uh, play the cards close to the close to the vest with regards to the fact that we're just kind of making fun of you with all these references, right? Um, and then finally it becomes the implicit becomes explicit and the click of a thousand TVs in a thousand homes turning off. Cause they still have like the fucking dials. Knobs. Yeah. 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 I still think they run for like two more seasons after that though. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, hell yeah. The best episode was the episode where they did a cross. You're a good man, Ed Robertson. It's the Christmas oh, the episode. Christmas of course. episode. Okay. I like that. Uh, where they, um, what you're a ha- perfectly adequate man, Edward Robinson. What happens? Uh, why is it Christmassy? Why are they solving a Christmas crime? Because they find themselves at the North Pole. That's where they're touring that week, <laughs> and uh, like Blitzen has been killed, uh, and they're trying to figure out who. Oh done yeah, it. and it's animated in the same style. The like Rankin Bass. The Rankin Bass. Yes. Yep. Yes. Like yes. Yes. And the the boomers fucking eat that shit up with a spoon. One hundred percent. Well, uh, Mr. Mamories, I hope that answered your question. <laughs> Ebbo, as usual, we mm-hmm. destroyed it. It was the best episode we may have ever done. <laughs> I, I pat us on the back. A million congratulations Even to the for boys. An adequate song, we still, we still bring our A game. We still managed to make it 90 minutes long. Good job, us. Uh, Ebbo, you can catch us on Twitter at BinDonePod. Catch us on Facebook, it's all been done. A Bare Naked Ladies podcast. Uh, you can uh, support the Orange Groves. Uh, follow that Patreon link that's in our our thingamadoo and uh, do what you need to do to make things happen. Um, you do what you need to do to make things happen, <laughs> listeners. <laughs> I'm trying to look up. We got a new uh, rating, but I think it was just a number and not actually a uh, a word. So, oh How many well. Stars three. I, it's hard to tell. It's it's impossible, okay. in fact, to tell. So, okay. well, good. Uh, we- yeah. We're a three-star podcast, so, you know, I'm always happy when we get a three-star. Tell you what, it wasn't a two or a three, because we've never gotten a two or a three. We've gotten ones, fours, and fives, and that's, I think, Mm, fine. That's where we should be. very divisive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Ebba, what do you got to plug this week? The Predator. The Predator. Which, the uh, new one with uh, Adrian Brody? Is that the newest one? I thought they did an even newer one. Maybe. No one will ever know. I think Adrian Brody was Predators. Okay, and then they've done Predators. Is I that think the they just did the Predator like a remake? Oh, I, I see. think I haven't seen it though. Okay, great, cool. And why? But yeah, I like I like the idea of an alien just coming and hunting us for sport. <laughs> you believe in the weak should die and the strong should live? No, because I mean, it's not like they come a lot. They're just killing like two of us, so it's not like it a uh, like a dozen of us. It's not really doing much to like, you know, any sort of natural selection. Sure. Okay. Um, I mean, we're not talking like Rambo here. Like, I mean, and mostly they're killing like Arnold Schwarzenegger's. <laughs> or they're not killing Arnold Schwarzenegger's, but they're killing like, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger's crew. They're killing Carl Winters. Yeah, and they went down like I don't know the first predator they're in the jungle, and the second one I guess they're in the streets of like L.A. or something, and like fighting. Man, what kind of fucking head fake do you have to go to to go from Arnold Schwarzenegger in Predator One to Danny Glover? 
Predator 2. Is He's that who eventually defeats yeah, the Predators? Yeah. Wow. The Predator. Oh, the Predator. The predators, yeah, the Predator. There's, I think there's only one in the Predator 2. Never but. seen a Predator movie. Oh, well, they're very different movies. Okay, okay. Actually, um, I have seen AVP. That's the mm, only one I've seen. That's a fun one. Yeah. Oh, that was a blast. Yeah, 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 yeah. Good times. Um, yeah. I like a good Predator. I like a good Predator movie. I like a good Predator, too. I like a nice, soft, good Predator. I like... <laughs> you know a movie I just saw the other day? What's that? Rambo Last Blood. Did you like it? I hated it. Oh, it was horrifying. Was that the second one or the first one? No, this is the the most recent one where oh. he's like this... Uh, Rambo, after the first movie, Rambo's always been sort of a, like, right-wing power trip. Yeah, kill them all. Sure, like God's yeah, like, yeah, and this one is Rambo. It's... Don't watch it. Okay. Period. I will don't not. do it. Uh, Rambo's adopted daughter, uh, adopted Latina daughter, <laughs> goes down to Mexico to find her true father, is sold into a prostitution ring. Jesus. Um... Bad things happen to her. Graphic things happen to her. Uh, Rambo goes down, gets the ship beat out of him, gets rescued by a reporter. Then she dies. The the prostitute, not the prostitute. The um, I'm sorry. The, uh, do- the adopted daughter oh. dies. Oh no! Sorry, I spoiled it for everybody. But <sighs> I don't care. I'm going to spoil it for you because like, you shouldn't watch this movie. And then it goes straight into speak of baby boomers, a baby boomer power, power fantasy where Rambo kills eighty bad Mexican people. Fun, fun. They're fun. all human traffickers. All right. But again. The optics of an old white man in a series of tunnels on his property murdering brown people. Yikes. When was this movie made? Like 2018, a couple right? Year, a couple years ago, yeah. Well, that checks out, actually, with the uh, current yeah. state of the world. So Yeah, it was... Uh, it was- real rough to watch and i watched it because a friend watched it and he was like you got to see these you got to you got to see this horrible was movie. this a mutual friend who the fuck wanted you to you see probably this don't know him. okay i was an old guy i used to do mma with oh okay okay well buddy but there is the final scene he rips out a man still beating heart that's fun as hell how does he get it, it how does he get it he out was, of that rib cage he cuts it out with his knife and then rips his, his hand in there and tears it right out earlier in the movie he goes paco when you killed my adopted daughter, you ripped my heart out. I'm going to show you exactly what that feels like. Very, very cool. Love that. Rambo does not speak in metaphor. He meant literally That's, ripping this man's heart out. It's very fun. I like that a lot. It was, yeah, it was a rough movie. Did, so Paco got to see his heart before he died. Yeah. Yeah, wow. yeah. You definitely see him make eye contact with his still beating heart. Like a full Kali Ma, Indiana Jones, Temple of Doom. That rules. Thing where it's still beating heart. And uh, yeah. Yeah, that's a... Uh, that I watched it while great. I was wrapping presents for myself. <laughs> So I wanted something I didn't have to pay attention to, and I didn't. Well, listeners, tune back in next week for more of Marianne's Macabre Movie Reviews. Movie Reviews. Uh, I'm Saker. I'm Evan. And we'll see you again in... One week. Every subway car, Adrian. We know, we know, we know it's another 
freaking piece of media about the Marmoset Chronicles. Before you stop us, we know that this series of movies has been talked about and deliberated on in analysis on characters, plot, cinematography, everything under the sun. And we know what you're thinking. Why do I want to listen to these two assholes talk about it? Well, we're going to try to come at it from a slightly different angle. We're talking about these movies and how they relate to us and the world in which we live in, a post-Marmoset Chronicles world, so to speak. And you can listen to us make our slow, laborious way through this eight-movie epic on your podcast catcher of choice every week until we make it through them all. Which will hopefully not take the 16 years it took the eight movies to come out. (laughs) Or maybe if it does, send help. We might have fallen down a time hole. So join us on The Marmoset Chronicles, a personal retrospective.